the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast, where we are live on the Rec Yard every Wednesday night. Hey, friend, <laughs> we are doing this. I, I, We even made it. It's at the seven o'clock time, I think. If we might be 30 seconds late, but it is Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are on the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast. I'm Marcy Marie. I'm Doonchi. I'm Doonchi. We did it. We are we are on. Now I had a trial run. I thought we were live and we started the show and then I looked up and we weren't live. <laughs> <laughs> and we were really, I mean, I was prepared to just really keep talking. So it was a good catch because guess what? We'd have been 15 minutes into the show and wondering where everybody was. We really would have wondered why. People were already in the chat, so it confused me, but I would have been looking at the people that are watching and thinking, hey, what did we do to make everybody mad last week? Oh, just it, it doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. So we are um, live and my TikTok family is with us also. And I appreciate you guys on TikTok for tapping that screen and liking and sharing the live. Everybody who's watching us live right now, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, um, please share this live when it ends. We appreciate your comments and your feedback and your questions. We try our best to respond to everybody and we will continue doing that. Uh, what else, Toonch? Well, I'm trying to, I don't, something happened funny with all of my streaming things. So I, it's, again, it just bears repeating that I think it's just a unique hallmark of our podcast to have, you know, if we were an airplane taking off, I would be really nervous for the people <laughs> in, on board. I just would. Now, once we get in the air, it's it's good and it lands safely, but it's that takeoff that is just really... It's a jarring takeoff. Our show <laughs> has a jarring takeoff. Um, my prison daughter is on right now, Niala. Hi, Niala. I see Amy Payne, lawyer, uh, Laurie Colliard, Carrie S., Judy. I see Stephen. We appreciate you guys so, so, so much for hopping on and um, tune did you see the Taylor Swift Halloween theme house? Someone tagged you in it. I believe I did. I believe <laughs> I did. I, there was a lot of Halloween in and a lot of Taylor Swift. And on this couch last night, I had my own Halloween party with the cat. Um, it was a good time. I remember being young and being out in Montrose in Houston until two or three in the morning. And girl, now I'm like, mm -mm, I'm, nine o'clock is good. I ate my cookies, had some cupcakes and it's time to wrap it up. What'd y'all do for Halloween? Now, I believe I know what you did for Halloween. Are we going to do updates? Don't want to wait for that. Hey, Tucci, let's do a weekly recap. Tooch, I can't even get you to take a breath between sentences for me to throw mm. that little graphic in. I worked hard on that weekly recap graphic. You just cut me off. I mean, I'm used Every to it. Time. Just hit that button and just cut my ass off. It's Maybe fine. we need to have a, a sign like, like mm -mm. I'll touch my nose when it's time for you to be quiet for half a second. <laughs> you know, I don't read verbal, nonverbal cues anymore any better than I do verbal ones. So just cut me off. It's fine. Oh my goodness. Well, it was Halloween yesterday and actually we didn't do a whole lot. Um, 
My daughters that are in middle school still dressed up, which I absolutely loved. And I got to, I got to order their costumes, <laughs> but they were in Oklahoma uh, with their friends for Halloween. And so I did get pictures and they were adorable. I was really impressed with their creativity and what they were and, and all of that good stuff. And my little grandsons went trick-or-treating uh, and I didn't get to see them, but we were just hanging out. And yesterday day, running around making wedding plans, wedding arrangements. Well, what day did y'all actually go get your license, ma'am? That was yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, well, didn't y'all do something monumental? We did. We are licensed and ready to go. For those of you that may just be first time listening or not really know for know us really well, my girlfriend and I met in prison and we have been together. She got home um, about two years before me and then I came home about two and a half years ago and we've just been doing our thing ever since and now we're I'm making it official. So we're getting married Saturday and my brain is all over the place. Well, you had a lot of planning to do. And um, I just get, me and Lori just get to enjoy coming and hanging out after all the planning you did. And seems like you should be the one relaxing. You and Britt should, should not be, but I guess somebody had to put it together. <laughs> Well, and it's really a non-traditional wedding. It's it's not huge, but it does involve planning. And I just want to make sure it goes how we want it to go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's out of control. We really <laughs> um, appreciate all the comments and everything on TikTok and, and here on on the other platforms that we're streaming on. And there was some, there was some reports about the number of staff that TDCJ lost with that lockdown. And they're reminding me on TikTok. Did you see that, Toonch? I did. And and I also saw um, that they posted their uh, schedule of how they're implementing some cooling systems or whatever. And Boy, oh boy, what a hot mess. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah, I think that they finally did post about, TDCJ finally did post about their plan, which they did verbalize at the board meeting exactly what, but what it boils down to is it's still a lot of people incarcerated in Texas with no climate control. It's just, it's just not enough, simply not enough. Yeah. You know, and I had sent you that tweet earlier that, um, Alicia had sent me and, uh, Lewis had said, um, yeah, after all of this over 87,500 beds, most of TDCJ's capacity capacity will still have no AC. And that was a thing that people brought up at the board meeting, right? And again, I'm not making TDCJ's bond here, but at the end of the day, they can only do what they can with the money they're given. The same way you have 50 bucks and you've got to buy groceries for a month, you better 
you better have a plan and you better go get those pinto beans and rice and, and the things that'll stretch because you only have, they only have so much money. So this is on the legislators. It is. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Texas had money in the budget to make safe living conditions, at least safe temperatures in our Texas prisons. And they absolutely decided not to. I'm getting questions about wedding registry and <laughs> Brittany and I just want to thank everybody that has asked that has asked us about that. Uh, a lot of messages and that kind of thing as well. And um, the deal is, Brittany and I, y'all, we are, we don't need for anything. We have a fully stocked home. Um, we want you to save your money, save it for Christmas. If you just feel really inclined to give, please give to one of the organizations that we support. And those are on our platforms. And of course, mine's Lioness for sure. But absolutely, uh, we, we don't need anything. So thank you guys for saying that. I appreciate that. Steven is also reminding you guys to hit that like button, share for those of you just hopping on. I appreciate that so very much. Eric's asking about, did we see what plays being set by TDCJ and the Texas lawmakers? And I, what I'm, I'm not, I don't know that I know what you're talking about other than what we just talked about with the air. So if you're going to have to explain better, Eric, do you know? <laughs> do, do you know? Well, I need some more. I, I, didn't, I need a little bit more. Um, Eric, we're, we've got wedding on our brain right now. <laughs> We've got the, the, the way the week is, I've spent all day figuring out I've canceled the hotel reservations for me and Lori four times trying to nail down the one that would be the closest, most affordable at the time that we were going to come in because Marcy, I was scared to death. If we left early Saturday morning, something would happen and we'd be stuck behind some traffic or an accident. And then it would be 10 o'clock would come and go and I wouldn't be there. And I just, it freaked me out. So I just. <laughs> we, we are getting married Saturday morning because we're getting married at Reunion Tower. And, and so for that venue, that's what time they do weddings. <laughs> so my grown children have always already let me know how I've inconvenienced their life. <laughs> Because yeah. of that, my poor daughter's a bartender. She took off Saturday and not Friday. Um, my my other son is going to be driving in south of from south of Austin from San Marcos, and he's going to have to drive in late Friday night instead of Saturday uh, right after work. But we're we're going to make it happen, and it's going to be great and beautiful. And uh, and we're gonna Brittany at first said. No, no live streaming. And then she came back. I didn't push her. I didn't ask I, because in my mind, I thought that's okay, girl, I'll record it and I'll live stream it later. <laughs> I'll stream it later. And my people are going to be a part of it, you know, but now she's saying, actually, I don't mind. So we're going to have to test the Wi-Fi there, but I'm going to set up to share with you guys. So you guys be prepared for that and lots of pictures, all the good stuff. And it's going to be a good day. We don't have to keep talking about the wedding. Did oh, anything well, it else? It just is exciting. It is exciting, exciting for so many reasons, right? It's exciting because y'all are able to get married and, and the way things are politically and with our government, it's so scary about um, our rights, our civil rights. So that's exciting. It's exciting that yeah, what you posted from my prison wife to my my actual legal wife. I mean, 
just for those of us that that remember how important our relationships were on the inside and to see them um, actually be successful in that transition. I mean, that's kind of the trial, right? Like even friends don't make it. Um, it's it's a real it's a real thing. And so to see that and then plus as your as your friend and Brittany's friend, it's really exciting. Um, and I've only been to Alexa's wedding as a friend. The only other weddings I've ever been to, girl, was when I was little at the church. And I'd have to sit there and I'd eat all those little mints, you know, those <laughs> little pastel mints. And there won't be any of those Thank at God. our wedding. I'm sorry. I used to throw up on those because I have no skills in moderation. But that that's the only real wedding that in my brother's wedding. So this is fun for me and exciting for just to see y'all happy. What a joy. Yeah, thank you for that. We have been kind of talking this week, uh, Brittany and I, about just kind of the obstacles that we overcame that were unique to our situation because we did bring a relationship from the penitentiary into the free world. And then also there's just this little part of us, Toonch, that uh, just wants to say, we told you so to all of those officers that were so hateful and rude to us and told us that we would not, not only would we not amount to anything personally, but that our, our relationship would never end or never end up like this out here. Um, you know, people specifically told Brittany things like that, you know, I, she'd forget about me when she went home. Uh -huh. like, <laughs> just very much a, actively against it, which is so odd because it affects them zero. Well, I mean, for many of them, we've talked about here before, not all of them, but many of them deeply unhappy. They don't, anytime we were happy, it, it was that whole, you don't deserve, why do you deserve to get to be happy? And I don't, because, you know, you've broken the law and you're here. So I think it, it kind of stems from that, but, um, Right. Like, yeah. I can't wait for them to see how lovely the wedding will be. Yeah, it, it just it does make us a little like just hold our head just a little bit higher, knowing that we had people that were actually rooting against us. So um, Eric did elaborate before we get started on our topic tonight. We're talking about Thanksgiving, how that looks inside of a female's prison. What kind of special things did women do to make their day special? We're going to talk about everything from food to how everything. And also just because the holidays are coming up and TDCJ does have these new rules in effect, these new policies regarding mail, how can you support your loved one still effectively and getting around some of those, not getting around, but navigating through some of those policies so that you can still be supportive of your loved one inside. So Eric is going, he's talking about the way he says, basically the immigration laws set to lock up, um, immigrants that have no families here in the U.S. and they do 80% of their time, then the RPD is going to big units promoting their programs for even more funds. And he's just mentioning like free inmate labor. So I'll tell you what, Eric, my mind has been on the wedding for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, have, I, ha I have not been keeping up with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, this 
past couple special sessions have just been, um, you know, really, really intense about immigration and vouchers and, um, you know, all those special items that the governor couldn't get through the regular session. So he kind of, uh, he'll just keep calling special sessions until it, until it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of disheartening to be in this state right now. And frankly, just the state of our world, there's so many things going wrong. I think that when I first got out of prison, I was kind of naive to so many disparities that were going on out here. I was hyper-focused on my situation inside and then coming home to the di division um, because of politics, the division because of just all of the things, and then the things going on um, between Israel and Palestine and so many lives being lost that it's kind of hard I haven't been able to make a lot of content and partly because I'm with this wedding, but there's some guilt that comes with that. And it's, I even thought I have a very good friend um, that's Palestinian and he's having a hard time. You know, his family is here, but his ancestors and his heritage is from there. And um, it's really affecting him. And I have kind of this guilt that I'm in this place where I'm supposed to be celebrating and I am, I'm so happy. And there's kind of this joy that's, that's underlying inside of me that hasn't been there, you know, and it makes me feel guilty, not only, you know, for, for the horrible, horrible things going on right under our noses and we're seeing it on social media for, you know, and then, and then we know our sisters in prison that are going through uh, such hardships and the men in prison as well, but it's a really a tricky, it's tricky to still live your life and be aware and advocate for the things that you believe in, but also still have your own joy. It's, it's a balance. Well, yeah, you know, uh, and it, it, I think, you know, like, in a, of course, the atrocities of the world are, I believe, um, you know, I'm not trying to compare things in a way that, that feel minimizing. I don't mean that, but you know, it's, it's when people ask us, how could you have been happy in prison when all of this stuff was going on? Um, well, we found moments to have joy even through suffering. And, uh, sometimes that situation is easier to do that through. And other times it's not. Uh, a book that got me through a lot of the hard times in my life um, was a book called uh, A Man's Search for Meaning and uh, Finding Meaning During Suffering. Um, and we don't fully know each other's experiences, right? So how to support um, in ways that don't, I think someone had said recently, co-op, right? Like, everybody's experiences uniquely theirs and how do we honor that while still making space for other things um in life you know and it's tough it, it's tough so yeah you know I, I don't i'm not as well versed on um immigration policy 
it does unfortunately overlap with criminal justice. You'll see, we have been seeing a lot of that, um, especially over the past couple of years. Uh, so if anybody would like to know more, I can tell you the Texas Civil Rights Project does an incredible amount of work um, on all civil rights stuff, but I, I have seen them recently doing a, a huge, huge amount of work uh, around the recent immigration um, policies and laws. Uh, I, everybody may have seen that viral moment um, that one of the representatives, he, he let loose, he let his fellow legislators know exactly um, how he felt that they were all failing um, his community. Uh, it's, it's hard to watch, um, but he, he stood tall and it was pretty intense. So please, if you want to know more, um, please reach out to the Texas Civil Rights Project. Look at their social media. They do great. I'm always sending Marcy uh, their social media stuff. I'm like, man, they really nail it. Because sometimes, you know, like it's hard, right? You've taught me like sometimes they just, you know, people don't watch nonprofit or advocacy stuff. It, it takes a special way to do that, to get engagement, and they do it pretty well. Yeah, that that went viral that moment. It was recorded on so many platforms and it's it was all over TikTok for sure. And that man, he uh, uh, he was a Latino legislator and he was talking to his friends who were legislators, men that he has worked with for years and that he considered friends. And he was passionately telling them about how the laws they are voting for are negatively affecting him, his immediate family, and his community as a whole. And it was, I tear up when I watch that. So uh, yeah, if you, and I can't believe I don't know his name and I should because it's everywhere, but you could probably Google that much, honestly. So Tunch, we're, I feel like we're down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's always heavy stuff that us and the folks here that join us every Wednesday, we we go through the gamut, right? We go through twerking in the day room at midnight on late nights to intensely uh, terrible immigration pot. Like it just runs the gamut here. And we just we just go with the flow wherever the direction of the of the podcast goes with our faithful viewers and listeners. So we try, we try to have some level of staying on topic, but it often derails uh, where other things want to be discussed. So, yes, I um, and and that kind of leads us into when we're talking about a celebration inside of the penitentiary and being in prison when Thanksgiving is happening out here in the free world and your, your family may be gathering and you're stuck in there. And so it, that is, it, we do still find a way as humans to be able to lighten things up and be able to give our spirit a rest from all the heaviness that is around us. And that's one way we did it was on holidays. Yeah, it, it it really was. You know, it's 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 strange, right? That um, and Eric, you don't have to apologize, honey. You you vent out whatever you want to. Um, uh, this is our space, so please feel free. But you know, I think holidays were 
some of the most sensitive times, right? Because it's really that time to reflect that you're not with your family and your loved ones on the outside. But at the same time, I think the longer you stay, it, I'm not saying it gets any less difficult, but it starts to turn more into, girl, we're getting out. <laughs> I worked in education, so we're fixing to get off a whole week from work and school, right? And then Christmas, two weeks, just like out in, out in a free world school. So I'm going to get my books I'm going to read. Girl, we got our food stocked up. We know the movie's coming on. I'm, I'm going to watch The Wizard of Oz, <laughs> and I'm going to watch... <laughs> Um, that always came on TNT at Thanksgiving. I'm going to watch when we had AMC before they took that away, we would just sit there and watch movies all day. Right. Like there were certain, certain things that it didn't matter every year. We look, it was like a little, it was our little holiday ritual, just like you have at home when you have times you decorate the tree and everybody goes, I remember my family used to drive around town and look at Christmas lots. Right. I mean, we had our own little things to look forward to. Did did the holidays ever get easier for you? Well, they were different, right? Um, it was a funny energy because people were, especially once once I got to the real unit or the ID unit, the big unit where people had been there for years and people had already established routines like that, you know, and county jail and even at the intake unit the holidays they were not great you know they were really rough and i remember having a really hard time not to just lay in bed depressed on those days uh in fact mother's day i was in county jail for mother's day and that hit me really hard because that's just one day that i know i would be spending with my kids and now that they were out there with no mom to spend Mother's Day with. And I just felt horrible. And I remember one of the girls saying, hey, maybe they'll feed us good because it's Mother's Day because the food in county jail, guys, it it's it was way worse than the penitentiary. It was horrible. I mean, there were days where I only ate bread because there was nothing edible that they served us. But so we kind of had our hopes up and the trays came and it was still that little thin slice of mystery meat. And it was no acknowledgement uh, by the staff or anything. And I was just like, man, this is, this was rough. You know, that was rough. But once I got to the big unit, I kind of had come to terms with, I'm not there. And I can't change that. I'm not with my family. There's nothing I can do to change that except for call, you know. And I remember I didn't even love those phone calls, frankly, because the whole family was there and I would be mm -hmm. on the phone and I could hear everybody. And I could, you know, I could hear my grandmother, Marcy's on the phone and my cousins that I hadn't talked to since last Thanksgiving, right. <laughs> you know, would want to pick up and talk to me. And those conversations were always awkward because they're, we hadn't spoke. So mm -hmm. they don't know just to say, Hey, how are you? They're tiptoeing around me. And, um, I mean, it just, it was yucky. I, I hated that part. I, I almost, it almost got to where I was glad when that part was over and I could just get back to completely emerging myself in my prison self 
and be with those ladies that were there with me that were physically present so that I could kind of let go of some of what was happening outside and not let that kind of hurt as, and it sounds crazy, but you do have to kind of let go of some of the things outside to survive in there. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I looked, I was happy to talk to my, I would, I would brace myself, right. So finally, cause you know, the phones, we didn't have the tablets. So everybody had to wait on the phone, which took all day. But I mean, I would make that phone call and I kind of looked forward to it and I kind of dreaded it because everybody would be there and I could hear everybody and it would just, it hurt so badly. It hurt in ways that, you know, I called my family every week, but it just hurt in ways that were really hard to describe. And I just wanted to get through it, make my phone call and then go back to girl. We've got games planned. We're watching, you know, we're watching movies that later they're going to put on probably the Dallas Cowboys but they're going to put football on, right? You know, I'm not a football fan, but it was just comforting that everybody's cooking. We went to the chow hall, you know, the, the times that the warden we had would let us bring food back and then others wouldn't. So everybody's getting in front of me and packing food out and it's just this whole thing. Um, and then we go to rec later that night and we come back in, they're watching football and we've gotten our little Johnnies with our orange and our apple, which you only get your, one of my favorite videos is of you in front of the Christmas tree with the orange and the apple, right? Because that was a real treat for us because we didn't get fresh fruit like that because they were scared we were going to make hooch with it. People are getting alcohol in clear water bottles. They're not going through all that, especially not women, right? So we would be so happy about those apple, them girls, now, you tell me if girls at, at Lay Murray did this. They would take the peelings from those oranges and put them in their conditioner until it just ferment. I'd be like, girl, what smells like sour ass up in here? <laughs> she's like, oh, is it my conditioner? I said, is that with the orange peels? And this is like March. And I'm like, honey, you need to throw that away. It doesn't stay like that. These, we use those orange peels for everything. We would make air freshener with those orange peels. We would put them on our cubicles, rub them all over our fingernails and our cubicles. <laughs> we had girls that would like squeeze the peel and just get that tiny little bit of oil that would come out of a peel and they would be rubbing it under their eyes. And man, yes. So yeah, definitely in the conditioner, in the baby powder. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that we could get our hands on. Uh, yeah, we definitely did. And in Texas prisons, in my experience, you guys that did time on other units can tell me if it was different. I only saw an orange and an apple two times a year, one on Thanksgiving and one on Christmas. You got an orange and an apple on Thanksgiving and an orange and an apple on Christmas. I didn't see them any other time. So they were massive. And I'll tell you what we would do. The girls that were doing more time, like if you knew somebody was going home that year at some point, it doesn't matter if it's June and you know you're going to be there for a while more, it is perfectly, it was perfectly good etiquette in there to say, hey, you're going home. You're going home this year. Can I have your orange? <laughs> right. 
like girl you don't need you're fixing to experience this you know and um why did we do that with the orange peels marcy we had no evidence that that did anything but we put it on everything that we had we rubbed it on our but we we uh, boiled it they would boil it and put it in their tea and i'm like i just I don't know if it's, maybe it was a, like a placebo. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's exactly right. If it was a <laughs> placebo or not, it doesn't matter if there was scientific evidence that these orange peels did anything for us. The <laughs> fact that we felt like it did, they did. It's all it matters. Frankly. And we loved it. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. Eric says he was, he would make incense out of dried out cinnamon Nice. How did you get cinnamon? Let's talk about that, Eric. We weren't getting any cinnamon. <laughs> well, because the guys were just freely packing stuff out of the kitchen. Their staff didn't care. <laughs> we were getting pats. You know, we'd go to the chow hall when you'd have that warden or captain that was like, you better not take. Well, so we ended up with wardens that would let us take our whole trays. Like, just put it on your, your dessert tray. Put anything you want to put on there, and y'all can leave. Because they had to get so many people in the chow hall, right? And people, we don't want you to eat here. Take it back to the dorm. And I remember one time one of the wardens came up, and it was me and Alexa sitting at the table. And, um, <laughs> boy, Alexa can, just at the moment you think that she won't roast somebody, she will. And it was, um, God, I forget, the warden that ended up being one of y'all's wardens. Uh, big tall white lady and she goes hey there gals y'all slow down and alexa said well ma'am we eat as fast as we can because we end up starving because y'all rush us out so if we choke here today i mean it's just a consequence that's how hungry we are and i'm like damn <laughs> i fucking roasted the warden and she was like no I i'm gonna make sure y'all have time and we did that day um that day because the warden happened to be in there and heard that that day. I'll tell you what, on Lane Murray, if you went to breakfast, you breakfast was the worst. That night shift wanted in and out of that chow hall so quickly. They ran chow so fast that if you weren't, and guys, the breakfast trays were minimal food. They were like a little tiny scoop of fruit and two pancakes, you know, it was not like a lot of food to try to eat. For y'all's holiday breakfast? Oh, the holiday breakfasts were worse. In in fact, on holidays, it would be like two boiled eggs. Oh. oh Y'all had good God. holiday breakfast? Yes. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Don't talk to me. That's because you Let did me your wait, time on wait. Mountain View. Hold on, sister. You need to slow down. As Taylor would say, you need to calm down. Okay, because this also was at Riverside. We had a good break, although Riverside is the culinary school, well, school now or whatever. But like all of my time, my whole 20 years, even the first 10 years at Riverside, you had a special breakfast too. You may not have had a lot of it, but it was usually like, um, like a, what did they call it? It was almost like a Spanish omelet. It was like an omelet. It was still eggs and cheese and salsa stuff, but it was special per se. I'm sorry, Lane Murray. I wish I could change everything for Lane yeah. Murray. <laughs> because the food at Lane Murray was the worst anywhere I ever went, other than Henley. And Katie's saying boiled eggs, grits, mm. and cold bread. And that's 
that's legitimately accurate. People didn't, we got to where we knew we weren't going to go to breakfast on holidays, but even a regular breakfast was not great. Even a regular breakfast, y'all. So anyways, the, the laws would, they, I mean, you would barely sit down before they were telling you to get up. And I remember thinking one morning I woke up because I was going to host squad. I was on restriction, so I didn't have any food in my box. And so I was going to work in the fields that day. And I thought I better get up and eat something so I can make it through work and be okay. And I got up and y'all, you have to get up at 345 to get ready for breakfast because they could call it right at 4 a.m. And I, I go out and it was cold outside. So I'm I'm cold. It was cold in the chow hall. And I got about three bites of food. And I, I told myself, I am never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is never happening again. Although Roxanne is reminding me that we did get boiled eggs. We would bring them back and use them for our tuna or that egg did, salad. That made me happy. So Belinda, who hopefully um, is free soon, <laughs> she uh, did, she's done 30, 35 years, but when we lived in the dorm, she knew there were two things that I dreamed of it was avocados, which she gave me um, some avocado. Yes, she found it in the trash. Okay, So she found it in the trash. She watched the officer throw away their food. And we did eat that avocado that was a little nibbled on. Sure did. But she also knew that I love deviled eggs. I can't eat scrambled eggs. I can't eat a whole lot of deviled eggs, but I love me some deviled eggs. So she would get a whole, I mean, just a huge bowl of boiled eggs and make deviled eggs um, for Christmas in the evening. So we did like to make deviled eggs for the holidays. That was a, a several, several, I never made them, <laughs> but I ate them. You know, several people would get up and bring all their eggs back. And then that would be part of our spread for Thanksgiving. Would well, be you know, and Marcy, I remember, and I'm not saying good old days, right? There were no good old days. Um, but when I was younger and I did that first 10 years at Riverside, holidays, they were doing chow all day because the amount of food that we got was more than the rest of the year. That's still true. But it was an abundance of food. Like we had a whole tray of desserts. We had a heap, like it was just truly when you haven't eaten all year, it's truly like heaven had manna has come down onto the plate. Like it just truly was a spiritual experience. And then, so when I got locked up the second time in my 10 years at Mountain View, yes, we, we did have decent food compared to y'all. Oh Lord, it was so much better. However, all of that, we had one dessert. Like, you know, and then that was because they had cut down on food, period. Like, they had cut out desserts every day, and it was just on Wednesdays. They had gotten rid of almost all the real meat, gotten rid of um, milk, and ju just really, really. And so sometimes it was depressing, right? Like, because you go in expecting so much more food because you're living for that meal. At least I did every year. I lived for those two meals because it was an abundance of real food, not just canned unseasoned green beans or pinto beans. 
At Lane Murray, the kitchen for weeks prior to Thanksgiving or Christmas, they would just just give us the bare minimum. They would stop seasoning every anything, yep. any little bit of seasoning they had, they would save. I mean, any they were saving ingredients so that they could give us a good meal. So we really were primed to have a good meal uh, for sure. And Roxanne, uh, she said, what was that? Pork roll. Do you remember pork roll? Oh my God. That's yes. like the Texas Department of Criminal Justice's version of spam to yep. me. <laughs> yep. Now, did you like pork rolls? Well, I'll tell you what, I cooked with it. If somebody brought it back or a kitchen worker was selling a couple when they got back from work, I would cook with it. Mm -hmm. Pork roll, if you dice it up real fine and cook it with rice, it's really good. It makes a really good orange chicken. Yeah, I cooked with it. Well, you know, I, I could not stomach, um, beef patties. I can't, I can't just the thought of them makes my stomach, they would make my stomach hurt. And I don't know because they're made of soy or whatever, but it, it used to tear my stomach up bad. I couldn't eat the hot dogs either. They did me that way, but the pork rolls, strangely never hurt my stomach. Chicken patties, pork rolls, and the fish patties never hurt my stomach. So Man, you chop up that pork roll in some rice. And you remember when we had the um, geisha cup of fruit? Remember those? And they would bust easily, so they were always leaking. Especially you work commissary, you'd always open a case, and there'd be two that were spilled over or whatever. That but was those, before my time, Tunch. You don't remember the, the cup of fruit? Did we not have that the second time? Mm -mm. I bet Eric remembers. Somebody here remembers that cup of fruit. You and guys so, in the chat, you remember them selling a cup of fruit on Commissary? Not me. Not the little ones like you get, like putting kids' milk. It was a big one. And so what was in it was um, pieces of pineapple and I think pear or something. I hate pear. I don't like the texture. But anyway, you could take the pineapple and cook it with the pork. And then it's, you know, like pork and rice and the pineapple, the sweet and sour. It was delicious. I remember people trying to bring home their fruit from breakfast to cook in their rice. Or if you could get a kitchen worker, sometimes you had kitchen workers that would do special orders for you <laughs> and they would bring you home a cup. You would get the blue mug that was a kitchen mug covered in whatever the kitchen worker could find smuggled back to the dorm and you could cook with that fruit. <laughs> that was terrible. We ate all kinds. Y'all, you know, I bought sugar from a kitchen worker one time. She, I had ordered it. The, the commissary was out of whatever sweetener they had at the time for your coffee. So I told the kitchen worker, Hey, if you can bring some sugar, I'll buy it. When it got back to the dorm, it was summer, so it was hot. <laughs> and the pa it was, she had it in a paper bag, and it was hard together <laughs> because it had gotten wet with, <laughs> with sweat. Just, I feel like it was sweat. With but booty I mean, juice? Where was it at? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Tunchy, I ate the sugar. It's fun. I've I eaten out it. of the trash, man. We ate out of the trash in there too. And I don't, was it, we're, hey, we had a weekly recap. We had a whole Linus weekend retreat. 
that we, we did talk about. We just well, we got lost in the in the wedding dark, plans in the wedding plans, and then we transitioned pretty quickly to to world affairs and. See, somebody, who is that that's saying, Jerry remembers, Miss Jerry remembers. I feel like it's the Mandela effect. Like, like you guys have a completely different memory than what actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Miss Jerry and and Alexa remember things that nobody else remembers. I want to tell you what happened, talking about holidays, what happened on um, Cinco de Mayo. We had a big meal. It was, you know, the tortilla. It was all the whole thing, man. Man, everybody's turned out and excited. And guess what? They saved the week's dessert for that day. It was empanadas, my favorite. <laughs> so I am excited. Boy, and they look good. They are covered, glycerin and sugar. Well, let me tell you what happened. And I, maybe somebody from Mountain View remembers this because it was infuriating. It was so mad. So somebody had stole all the in sugar, all of it. So you know what they replaced it with? Salt. salt. So they made the empanadas, trays of empanadas, and, and then completely put the glaze on there and put a layer of salt. And everybody was like, every, so everybody said, girl, the empanadas, they, you know, and so they were still serving them. Kitchen boss was like, well, I'm going to serve them. I'm not just going to throw them away. Somebody will eat them. So I was like, I'm determined. And I got it. And I said, I don't give a damn, man. I took one bite of that and was like, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't even salvage it to any degree. And how dare you? I know you got to make your money in the kitchen, but why would you do the rest of the unit like that? Why would you do that? So disappointing. They, they were out of line. I, Hey, I'm all down for however you have to do to survive in there, whatever the hustle is. But when it comes to impeding on other people's um, stuff that you're incarcerated with, that's not cool. <laughs> like, don't steal out of the property room when you're taking from other people that don't have anything either because they're locked up, you know? Don't do that. Uh, yeah, so that's disappointing. Tunch. We, we are, need to talk about how the holidays are going to be affected with some of these new policies. Oh, God, Marcy. So, you know, someone mentioned last week, you know, about the, the digital mail rollout rules and all the ways. And if there was something else somebody mentioned, um, I can't quite remember it. Uh, but what does that look like? So we were allowed to at least the two weeks before Christmas or two week frame. There's a time frame in tech uh, Christmas and then around Mother's Day and Father's Day that we could send Christmas cards because they were banned. And now I I hate that on the TDCJ website, you can send cards anytime now. Yeah, they're going to get scanned in. They're not going to get them. And so they're just going to be scanned in. And, and Marcy, what the problem is, what we're hearing from people is that this physical mail that's going to that address in Dallas is taking over a month to be uploaded to the tablets. The girls still haven't, for Linus, still haven't gotten their newsletter. That's been over a month. Yeah, we're hearing those reports from across the state. Basically, they weren't equipped 
they this digital mail was supposed to be on a rollout plan mm-hmm. to accommodate staffing and everything that it takes to get that rolling. And then TDCJ did the statewide lockdown and they said, oh, yeah, guess what? No more mail, period. No more physical mail. And so it just hit all at once. 130,000 people now getting mail to get scanned in and they're just not equipped to handle it. So what's happening, I'm getting a lot of messages from family members that are very disheartened because their loved ones haven't heard from them, especially the ones just entering into the system because there's a special kind of panic that goes behind my loved one is in the system and they're not hearing from me. There's a that there's a sense of urgency there that I don't think outside of that situation people really get. Um, and I'm just encouraging people to try to be as patient as they can. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I I think that for us, we're still going to work on trying to tackle the the mailroom possible. I, you, policies. I, you know, I think maybe some advocate, advocates are just frustrated and they're like, well, they've decided it and that's it. And But for us, the women still want us to advocate around that and we see the importance of it. And there could be something. I don't know. I, I just, I can't let it go um, because of how important Mel was to me and remains to them. And, you know, it's other things too, Marcy. Somebody was writing us about donation. You know, she's, I always donated to nonprofits and ministries that mattered to me. I used it as a form of tithing for my spiritual practice Uh, every month or every, I think I went every three months. I, you can do that. They don't have to be on your visitation list. It's the one thing that you can fill out a withdrawal for and you send it, you just send it to whoever the contact person is on your unit. And Oh, Jennifer wants to send it to I don't know, Taylor Swift Church, right? Um, You know, some ministry or whatever, and they would take it out and it would be sent. Well, you know, somebody wanted to donate to us and they were requiring her to have a donation form. Well, she's like, what do I do now? I I don't, I can't give them what they're asking for because I'm not allowed to have paper. I'm not not allowed to have you mail anything to me. She said, and it's just not with y'all. It's how do I make my donation to my church? I, I can't send money to my church because TDCJ is allowing is is forcing me to have a donation form that I'm not allowed to receive. You know, that goes to people that are trying to send in, you know, maybe not actual legal mail, but stuff that is helpful or relevant. Um, and I know Serena mailed me a bunch of stuff for her parole packet. And she was like, I guess when I send this, I'm never getting it back. I said, you're not. And if you're mailing out a picture, you're never going to get that back. Like, that I, I think for me, I would just have this weird feeling of like I'm losing all my stuff. And at what point, because I know how petty they are with women, at what point do the officers just decide that pictures are contraband? You've been it's like the bowls, right? Like you you haven't been here long enough to have one of those small bowls. And then it's gonna be about about the pictures next. Well, yeah, because in a few years when nobody's got pictures in and you have somebody, somebody, a staff member that's only worked there for two weeks, they're going to want to know how some people have pictures. And they're, what they do is 
uh, say for me, it was bobby pins because I was right on the cusp of when they sold bobby pins and when they didn't when I arrived. So I had bobby pins, but my number was just right on the cusp. And they have that. There are officers that are so concerned about things like if you've been there long enough to have purchased that bobby pin yourself or did somebody give it to you. They're so concerned about things like that that they walk around with a list of what your TDCJ number has to be. Yeah. But the whole point of it is if they don't have that list on them, they just take them. They just take them. Yeah. And they might not even write a confiscation slip. They might just be gone. And then what? <laughs> well, and, and Carrie's right. They are having issues with legal mail too. Right. And, um, it's just a disaster all the way around because they just, like you said, it was supposed to be a slow rollout to make sure everybody, they, they don't even have the staff to do this. They've got piles of mail and they are, from what we're hearing, is that staff members are being told they have to take a week off, not a week off, but they have to go work a week in Dallas to scan the mail. And somebody, I think it was Miss Jerry, asked um, about the photos and, and Roxanne too is, well, after they scan them in, guess what? They go in the trash. Everything that's scanned in is trashed after it's scanned in. Um, and there is no, you know, for instance, sending a, because we've talked a lot about doing surveys and stuff with our members. Well, for us, we don't have status as attorneys. So we can't send them a stamped envelope to mail back a survey or, or whatever stuff they're working on. Right. Like we have to do all of that. And, and the other thing is you've got people out here, older people, especially that have no idea how to use that tablet. They, they've got them jitterbug phones. Do they still make those because they're big and they've got the big numbers and they're very simple because it's like, I just need a phone to be able to communicate. That's it. And they don't know how to work all this stuff. We get calls all the time about it. And it's just a disaster all the way around. And especially around the holidays when you looked forward to mail the most, those cards you set up all over your cubicle, if you had a nice law, it's it's just a whole thing and that's gone. And somebody in the comments earlier said, it's just another way to dehumanize and to take away those small, tangible things that meant so much to us. And you know, when people listen to our podcast and we're talking about, you know, getting harassed over a bobby, especially for women, <laughs> getting harassed over a bobby pin, getting harassed over this officer now says my physical pictures are contraband with no recourse, nothing on the wall. When we say something on the wall, that's where they posted rules. Those become major cases for us. And major case means no visitation, loss of good time, affects parole. So while these things sound incredibly like one of the legislators said, that just doesn't make sense. I just don't believe they're getting major disciplinary for, for laying on the floor. And it's like, yes, ma'am, that's real. Those little things are real um, and they're important. Absolutely, it's real. I had a, I, a major out of place case for me one time was pausing at someone's cubicle, not in their cubicle, but I was walking down the aisle. My friend, shout out Laquita Davis, we went to college together. She said, hey, Marcy, have they called school? And instead of me answering as I kept walking, I stopped and I, and I was like, no, I'm fixing to go ask why they haven't called it because it was time for them to call college. And I got a 
It I got it written up for out of place. Out of place. It went major yep. and I got kicked out of college. Lost right. my money for that class because I got a major disciplinary I can't case. Wait. I can't wait for you to share that next week. That'll be a jewel to share because that's real, right? And let me tell you something. <laughs> do you know what I would do? I would just walk up and down the hallway and just and talk to somebody and then walk back the other day. And so the officer would say, Tune, what are you doing? You just keep walking up and down the aisle. I'm like, well, I haven't stopped. And even today, like and when I was going to work at AIDS Foundation Houston, I would just walk in or I would never stop. Like your coworker stops to ask you something. I would just keep walking. And they would say, Jennifer, can you please? And I had this terror of stopping in a hallway because of just that. Yeah, and it's it's in us. It's in us that that's not allowed. And that definitely happens. Cynthia's watching on TikTok and she says that she mailed her son a handwritten letter to the new Dallas address on September 6th and he still hasn't gotten it. And that it's just ridiculous. is not surprising me. E-messages are also behind. So I want to come up these last few minutes. What are We know the solutions that need to happen within the agency, right? But what can we do right now to offer support to our yeah, go for it too. Okay, I'm fixing to tell y'all. So, and I should have had this queued up already, but one of the first things, several things, right? You continue writing, continue accepting calls, continue doing what you can, okay? You can continue to call the unit, continue to send emails to TDCJ because uh, let me tell you what they hate more than anything is an outside loved one. They can't stand it. Um, and continue to contact legislators, all the stuff we tell y'all to do, right? But there's something pivotal here that I would like to add to it is if you will refer to a video on the Linus YouTube, and we can share that too. Uh, I did a video with Alicia Castillo, who um, is a phenomenal policy expert in Texas. And we talked about what's called the Sunset Review. The Sunset Advisory Commission in Texas is <laughs> one of the few mechanisms we have to kind of give government oversight. And so every 10 years, five, 10 years, they uh, review an agency and then they make a report to the legislators about whether this agency should still exist, whether it's not needed anymore or the ways that it, it needs to be in, improved. We just went through sunset with the Texas Juvenile Justice Department. Um, they have a whole website, right? And under review right now is TDCJ, the Correctional Managed Care Board. They, they're the ones that oversee all their medical care. It's a separate board, the Board of Pardons and Paroles. So what you do is you make public, that video that me and Alicia did, laid out, even screen shared, all of that to show where you go to fill that public input out, which is until February. Now, why is this important? Okay, because people, you know, we all know what the problems are, but we have to be part of actually voicing that in the right way. So those reviews, what happens is that the legislative season starts and you've got this report from Sunset, which the legislators respect highly. OK, and these are people that are just hired to to formulate ideas based on the report from the agency. The agency self reports. They identify things that they feel like they need to be better. OK, well, half of that shit doesn't have anything to do with what we know as people with lived experience um, believe are the real problem. So we can get mad when Sunset produces a report 
that calls for A, B, and C, but if we didn't participate in the input to that report, you know, if you didn't vote, you don't get to bitch about the president. You can, but nobody, there's no validity there, right? Because you didn't participate. So it seems like a small, unsexy way to advocate, but it's huge. It's huge and it's not utilized by self-advocates very often. So it is on the TDCJ website. When you pull it up, it'll say under the one of those little little boxes. Marcy, I can just show it now. <laughs> you can, yeah, show it now. And then also um, while you have the link up, uh, send it to me on text message or email and I'll make sure and upload that to our Facebook page. I'm going to put that on the Linus group page also. Um, and I have a feeling that this sunset review is going to be something like the board meeting was where it they're going to be swamped and we're really going to catch them by surprise because they're, frankly, they're not used to so many advocates they're not forward. And the last time this sunset review was taking public comment, there was none. And I have a feeling we're going to swamp them with it. And that's an excellent uh, point that we want to talk about the digital mail rollout system, how it's negatively affecting communication between right. loved ones inside and their families outside. That's huge. Did you find it? Oh, I see it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Okay, so you guys that are watching us and tune vocalize for the people that are listening, we're on the Texas Department of Criminal Justice website. Okay, I was just trying to click through to find the banner of it. Girl, um, come on, TDCJ. <laughs> There's so much. There there, we go. <laughs> their website is not that user friendly because it's, it's really not it's yeah, such a, a cluttered amount of information so there's kind of just a screenshot there um of that but if you'll come down here look at my little pointer here under find a facility keep going see where it, and it also there's that air conditioned construction project plan um you can click that if you want more information there but where it says participate in sunset review you're going to click on that and it's going to tell you what sunset is and it's going to say, here are several ways to provide comments to Sunset staff. You can email, you can submit comments here, you can send in a letter, or you can actually call and speak to somebody. I'm going to tell y'all something. When my boss told me a long time ago when I worked at AIDS Foundation Houston, she said, girl, if it ain't in writing, it didn't happen. So I wouldn't call. I'm always going to put <laughs> even more C when I get in trouble for it. I put things in writing. Right. Um, so over here where it says submit comments online, let me see if I can click on that and it'll change. Okay, so here is the Sunset Advisory page. And what you're going to do is you see where it says agencies now under review. You click that. Look at all, look at, look at this. This was um, for the 89th legislative session. All of these agencies are going to have reports submitted to the legislators. So you got TDCJ. You've got Board of Pardons and Paroles, Correctional Managed Health Care, and then all kinds of other stuff. If you're in it, there's Wyndham's down there. Wyndham is also under review. So when you click on one of those, it's going to show you, you click that, and that's going to be there. I don't know if it'll open in another page or right here. Um, this is an almost, oh Lord, this is like a three to 400 page document that TDCJ answers questions that Sunset gives them like 
kind of like preset questions to answer. Um, and it's, it's taken, that's how big the yeah, file is. It's a huge file and we're kind of running out of time. Okay. Well, um, hold on. But I want to, while that's loading, okay. so they're asking, how did you find the review page? So do you, can you just Google TDCJ sunset review and it, go to that? But if you can't find it on your own, you need to come to on the rec yards, Facebook page. I'll put it on there when we're finished with this. Right. Uh, so and, you uh, can click the link there. You can click it, click it on the Linus pages as well. Um, and Victoria, I'm getting married Saturday. So that's when that's happening. So I just wanted to show that when you look at this self-report, the major issues here, these are the things that the agency itself is saying is a problem that they need to work on. Okay. And you'll see there's nothing here that talks about the mail. The There's nothing there that talks about it taking that long for your loved ones to get mail. There's nothing on there that talks about your loved ones aren't getting outside fresh air recreation because of the sh uh, shortage of staff. There's nothing on there saying your loved ones are getting retaliated on for filing grievances or whatever other issues right. you and your loved ones have are experiencing firsthand. That's what needs to be brought to their attention because the Texas Department of Criminal Justice is not going to say those things. Right. And if if you, when you're back at that first landing page, you know, I, I showed you agencies under review and you can click TDCJ and read their report. You click here that says how to participate. Okay. When that happens, it's going to give you the timeline for when things are happening under this review. Okay. Over to the right. You can contact them. You can join the mailing list. But this is what you want right here, this public input form. And you're just going to choose what agency. And you're going to say you don't have to have an organization you're affiliated with. The things with the star, that's the most important. You've got to have an email address. Um, and there you put your comments. And remember, it's not just complaining about a problem. It's what is your idea for the solution? Okay. You can add a file or you, a pictures or PDF files or whatever. And you can also click Marcy down here where it says my comments will not be made public um, for fear of retaliation. Or if you don't care, uh, then you can also just submit with your name on it. And that's as, that is how it works. It's that simple. And then I understand that incarcerated folks can write a letter to them as well. That is correct. So uh, we'll make sure and have that address and all that information. Um, guys, we're so we're so over and we're so sorry that we kept you so long, but that was really big information. I just want to thank you again for joining us tonight. Thank you for hitting that like button. Thank you for subscribing to our channels. Thank you for your um, comments and all, all of the chat tonight. We appreciate it. We love you all so much. This is truly the highlight of our week, guys. It really is. <laughs> when this when this live is over, we would really appreciate it if you shared it. Uh, and that just helps us to reach an even broader audience. Next week, Tune and I will be together. We will be in Atlanta at the National Higher Education Conference. Say it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> the, 13th, the 13th annual um, higher education conference on um in prison. So it's about higher education stuff in prison. And I probably mangled that too, but it's with the Alliance uh, on higher education in prison. So it, it's going to be intense. There'll be a lot of people there. 
And we might, we might could, uh, I wonder if um, any of our other co-hosts might hop on and talk. Uh, our Al- Al- Alexa or Angel might Lori talk. Lori will be there. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, so we'll talk about higher education in prison. We should talk about that next week. And well, what, yeah, it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be live together. Thank you guys so much. Um, any final thoughts, Toonch? Like tw- 10 second thoughts. 10 seconds. Girl. Hey, if you haven't got 1989 Taylor's version, it oh is the gosh. banger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you snuck that in on me. I did it. Thank y'all for hanging out with us on the Rec Yard Women's Prison Podcast with Marcy Marie and Toonch. Make sure and subscribe to our channels so you'll never miss a Rec Night.